The sales robots have taken over, and they're decimating deals left and right, destroying them right in their tracks. On the AI for Sales podcast, our mission is to empower everyday sellers to embrace AI superpowers to build new bridges and crush quota. Dr. Joel Lebon said it best in the AI for Sales book, in sales, time kills deals. In AI for Sales, AI kills time. Join our hosts as we learn from the C-suite of the world's fastest growing companies about how you can leverage AI today to transform your sales revenue engine while being the best version of you. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host of the AI for Sales podcast, a podcast that's been around since 2019. Can you believe it? AI has really arrived on the scene here in the last few years, and I'm excited to be back on season two. I think we're on episode four at this point. And today I've got with me someone that uh, was introduced as someone that I had to talk with. So George Levin recently relocated from New York City to Mountain View, California. uh, That's near and dear to my heart because I used to live in Belmont and commute to the city all the time. So George is with a company called Hints. And don't go to hints.com because you'd be at the wrong place. It's hints.so, and it's got a lot of AI on the back end. So we're looking forward to talk with George. Thanks for being here. Uh, Hey, Charlie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, when I talked to Ryan in at the Indy 500 here recently, and we were talking about all things AI and you know, there's those companies that just come up in those conversations and yours was one of them. So if if someone as smart as Ryan is willing to say, <laughs> you've got to talk to George, then I'm glad we were able to connect so quickly thereafter. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan. That's right. So I want to, um, I like to help our audience connect with you first because uh, a lot of times these podcasts go right into the, uh, the meats and potatoes, so to speak. So um, I like to ask a question. When you were younger, you know, where did you grow up? What, what were you passionate about? Because I like to help connect the dots between how did you get into this AI world from the time you were, you know, a youngster? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So I grew up in uh, in a small, small military town in Russia because my father was in army at that time. And uh I moved to New York about 10 years ago, but when I was a kid, I think my biggest passion was, it will sound weird, but I loved to just play with all my toys in a way that I was just assembling them, you know, uh, by size or by color, basically organizing them, uh, which was probably weird. So that, but that's what I remember. I was just, you know, trying to come up with different ideas, how to put all my, you know, like small toys in one bag, bigger toys in another bag, then just reorganizing them and like doing this all over again. So it's almost what I gather from that is pattern recognition. I mean, exactly. Especially yeah, when you exactly. look at big data today, that's part of the core functionality on the back end of an AI operating system. Exactly. Yeah, it helps me a lot, but sometimes it can be painful because I try to organize everything in my life, and you know all the feelings, all the thoughts, everything I see, I try to connect to see a bigger picture and to you know to track this like interconnections, which can be exhausting sometimes. But honestly, it helps more because uh, if you're constantly looking for patterns, 
you start seeing them very quickly and then you can connect dots very quickly and see, you know, uh, like see some logic behind things and see how, uh, you know, causes and effects basically. Yeah, I love it. Well, my son's in engineering school. He's in his fourth year right now. And the way he looks at the world and patterns is certainly different than me. He really likes to have a prescribed sort of A, then B, then C. And so if we just say, hey, we're going on a cruise ship next week, we're just going to wing it. He's going to be like, what do you mean we're winging it? <laughs> yeah. So, Pretty interesting. Well, let's let's shift a little to artificial intelligence because it, it's been around for a long time, right? And there was something called an AI winter, I think I remember reading about, where it was a big thing, then it went away for many, many years. And and now with ChatGPT, mm-hmm. I think it's just back on everyone's radar. And CEOs are now saying, hey, you better go look into it. So what do you see as some of the biggest you know, taking your product out of the equation for a moment, we'll get there in a minute, but mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the biggest problems in the world that AI can have the capacity to help us solve? Um, yeah, it's a great, great question. I think I have, I have different types of answers. So if I look from the more like philosophical perspective, I think that AI helps us to be more efficient so we can just waste less time on doing things that are maybe not necessary in our lives. So we can have more focus, more energy on more important things, which can be different for anyone, family, you know, business work. So in my personal life, besides my role as a founder, um, right now I use GPT to write pretty much all my texts. Uh, I have my own podcast, so it helps me a lot as a co-pilot to draft, uh, you know, the scripts. Um, I think I try to uh, estimate, and I think that I'm saving, I would say, roughly four hours weekly uh, just with editing, you know, texts and with like co-pilot mode where I just, you know, write a few lines of text and then ask to elaborate, uh, to add, you know, some reasoning, etc. cetera. Uh, and I see more and more cases, even outside the tech world, like my mom, for instance, uh, who's using uh, chat GPT for her like personal things when she's researching something, when she's trying to uh, also write some text. So I think it just saves time on things that could be easily uh, outsourced, basically. This is uh, for like all uh, people. For If we look uh, from the, let's say, more uh, economical perspective, we know that uh, economy should grow. If it stops growing, uh, then it's very, very bad. Um, we all have credits. Uh, credits make a lot of sense when you grow uh, fast. So uh, AI can just help with this uh, growth because uh, in order to grow right now, when things a lot of things are already very developed, you have to optimize something. So most of the growth is coming from optimization. And AI gives this optimization. People may become more productive. At the end of the day, if we remove all you know, romantic aspects, it's uh, value created per hour. So AI helps to create more value per hour. <laughs> that's, wow, that's exactly <laughs> well put. I think that's going to be a soundbite for today's conversation. 
more <laughs> value per hour. I, it, I mean, I think of the Iron Man movie where you put on the Iron Man suit. You know, you couldn't you couldn't do yeah. the things that he does without the suit. So I think when you talk in big picture things, you know, cancer and um, just all the kinds of challenges in the world, inequality, um, you know, food starvation in other countries. And if you go to a high level, it's there's quite a lot that can be solved here in the coming years is what I'm excited about. Um, tell us. So now let's go down to the, the you know, street level view from the Google map at the high level. <laughs> now we're going to come down to street view and take a look at the building. Tell us about what is Hints.so. How'd you come up with the idea um, and what business problem are you solving? Um, yeah, so my previous startup called Get Intent, uh, we grew to 65 people and we came up with the idea of Hints during that time, but we didn't have you know focus to build another product. So luckily we managed to sell that startup in 2019, and I brought part of the team to build here. So the idea was very simple and funny. Uh, every week we had a sales call where, let's say roughly 20% of time, we were fighting why it's so hard to update your CRM. Every week for like years. Uh, so we, we started the company in 2013, I believe. And I was just shocked how simple is this problem and how hard it is to solve this problem. Uh, so that was kind of the epiphany moment when I realized that uh, probably we should dig into this problem later, uh, you know, understand the like psychological problems, why it's so hard to do this manual updates for sales reps. And uh, when we started, we were focusing on all types of uh, software. So the pitch, the original pitch was, um, it's AI assistant that replaces taps and clicks with text and voice commands. So basically what you can do with your clicks from your laptop, you could do with uh, uh, your phone and with uh, voice commands. Uh, just to give some you know, illustration uh, for sales reps, for instance, instead of going into your CRM, you could just take your phone and say, hey, create a deal, Microsoft, uh, the contact is Bill Gates. Remind me to call Bill on Friday 2 p.m. And by the way, log the call that happened last week on Friday at 3, something like that. Uh, we made maybe one mistake. If you look from the you know, perspective of uh, searching for product market fit, we started very general. We were like, okay, sales were our initial uh, kind of uh, this like epiphany moment, but we thought that we could build this universal sales assistant for all types of software. We played with this idea for a while. Then we realized that we have lack of focus and we have to get back to the original idea. So right now we are focusing more and more on sales uh, and specifically uh, field sales. Uh, you know, people who are on the go, who don't have this privilege of sitting in front of their laptop with their sales force open, who just need to, you know, hustle, jump from one call to another call, then grab Uber, go to actual meeting. So we help uh, their lives to log everything they do and update their CRMs on the go rather than just taking enormous amount of notes and then wasting one time, one day of their week just to record and update everything simultaneously. So that's that's the pitch. 
I love the concept of field reps. Uh, TK Cater is the former CEO of TowDap, and then they sold to Marketo, and then he became the head of strategy, and then Marketo sold to Adobe, and he helped usher mm-hmm. that entire process. So I've been friends with TK for probably 15 years, and um, he talks about the riches are in the niches. And so defining it, you know, field sales reps, okay, and which kind of field sales reps, pharmaceutical, medical, like the, the deeper you can get. Um, exactly. So when I helped the company recently called Connected out of Indianapolis, they I looked at their 18,000 users and I thought, okay, what's the common thread of all of them or most, right? Like the patterns that you were talking about earlier as a kid when you were putting uh-huh. them in buckets <laughs> and in alignment. And the pattern was most of these people did not have a BDR. So they're uh-huh. quota carrying sellers that lack the ability to afford a BDR. So for $100 a month, you can hire as if you hired a $7,000 a month person. Now, you're not going to get all the bells and whistles of a human but if I can get 70% of the meetings that I would get from hiring a $7,000 human for a hundred bucks, then why mm-hmm. wouldn't I? So figuring out that, and then instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and say, let's go sell into enterprises. No, let's go <laughs> find the other 180 or 400,000 reps who don't have a BDR. And so yeah. I think that riches are in the niches, just like TK said. Yeah, that makes total sense that we're doing right now. Ideally, I'd be, su- I'd be super happy if we could narrow it down, as you said, to, you know, even further, let's say, focusing on pharma or something else. Uh, that would be great. Right now, uh, we're at the you know, stage where we're happy with uh, this uh, definition of field sales because yeah. for now we see the same kind of patterns, the same problems that they have. But if we can catch something new uh, which is relevant for a very specific segment and the pain is uh, you know harder than yeah obviously we would be happy to narrow our focus down more narrow yeah i love it um where does ai play a role because obviously voice to text converting it into a crm that's a lot of heavy lift on the back end and it probably has to be in real time so these are eighth of a second kind of, you know, instantaneous feedback to the CRM. How does AI play a role in that? Yeah. So when we started in, uh, in 2021, we didn't think about AI at that time. Honestly, the idea was we could just come up with a list of commands because we thought that people do pretty much the same things. So the list of commands will be limited. And then we'll teach them this command does this, another command does another thing. So we were very naive. Long story short, uh, took us six months to realize that the more CRMs we support, the more systems we support, and the more clients we have, you know, the list is growing. People want more and more things. So instead of helping people, uh, you know, simplifying the UX, uh, we made it harder for them. So now instead of just just going to your CRM from your laptop, you have to memorize like. 50 commands so we were looking for good solution how to remove this part and then luckily uh in the beginning of uh, i think yeah 2022 uh it happened this like uptick of uh, language models um it was before gpt i mean the gpt obviously existed but it wasn't that popular at the time so we found a few great models on hugging face which is a marketplace for ai 
um, AI solutions. So we found a few platforms, who, uh, a few models, sorry, who could solve this problem, mapping natural text with a list of specific commands. So it means that, A, you can say this command in any language. B, you can make 25 typos, you know, mispronounce something, or you may have a thick accent as I have, and still, you know, AI will understand what it means. So, which was a great improvement because only since that moment we could uh, actually call this our solution as assistant because uh, it's not human yet, but kind of it's getting there. You just ask questions and ask it to do things in any way how you want to put it using your like natural, uh, natural text, natural. Uh, voice instead of specific direct yeah, commands. Right. So that's, yep, that's the role I mean, of AI. You know, it's done on the back end. That makes perfect sense to me because, yeah, if you push that to the user experience, mm-hmm. all you're doing is giving me a, a load of CRM functionality. Now I have to memorize it. And I'm, and most salespeople, including myself, we are not good memorization experts. That's why we landed in the sales career, not medical <laughs> or legal or something else. So that's yeah. brilliant. It makes me think of a model that needs to come out. I once did a, uh, you know, you can program Alexa to have a skill. And so I did a kind of a mock-up one time where I said, hey, Alexa, uh, create a list of target accounts in America from 1,000 to 2,000 employees, CEOs in this vertical, and then write them an email and send it out in the next three days that asks them for a meeting. Okay. And then it asks the question, you know, and I'm, I'm similarly, the value that you're providing to the client is they're out on a sales call and they need to document what it is they've just experienced and they can it quickly and easily submit that information just by the tone of their voice in the car behind the windshield uh-huh. or in the parking lot uh-huh. or in the lobby. Um, so I'm excited to see that learning that you've had that is natural language converted to the um, prompts is is a uh-huh. key part of that equate of the value equation for the customer yeah exactly there are two more uh, interesting things they're not that big but also very helpful for our clients so uh, now we implementing a new kind of block of uh, our technology we adding uh, long-term memory to this equation so now it means that uh, you can say uh, update the deal I updated yesterday in the morning, and uh, we know the context. Uh, the system knows the context, which helps even more. And uh, on top of that, uh, we love uh, one of the products from OpenAI. We use their Whisper API, which is basically voice to text, but it uses GPT model. So it doesn't make stupid mistakes. If you compare it to built-in voice-to-text that you have on your phone, you know, for me, with my accent, it's so funny when I just uh, use it, you know, to for some meeting notes, and I I know I make total sense, but it just replaces some words to some random stuff. And then uh, when I read it, I just need to spend another minute trying to understand what what did I say, why, what what this word mean here. So with Whisper, it doesn't happen because it has extremely uh, high accuracy of understanding because it kind of uses the context of what you say. Uh, so it doesn't change the words randomly based on the phonetics. 
Will we get to a place where you just put your phone down in the meeting and and then you don't have to talk to the CRM afterwards? It just knows I'm going to follow up with this document. I've got a future task just because it heard the entire hour long conversation. Yep. Yeah, we are getting there. The thing is, these solutions, uh, they more or less exist for, let's call them like desk uh, and our sales reps. Uh, if they use Zoom, uh, there are some great solutions like Gong, for instance. They can just uh, fill out different uh, fields in your Salesforce CRM based on the conversation. But uh, this technology doesn't work if you have uh, regular cell phones, cell phone right, conversation. Because of, the, of the, uh, how the audio works, right? There's not two channels. Exactly. How to split the channels? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we we have one idea how we could do this. So this is the next step. As soon as we uh, see that the market is ready, obviously want to uh, give even you know better solution exactly as you describe it. So you don't need to uh, record all your calls after the meeting. Everything will be automated. I love it. Well, what what this reminds me of was when CRM first came out and then there was a lot of plugins to CRM. Hey, let's do this and this and this. I think a lot of point solutions are going to be popping up and are in in and around AI. Like another example, Vocodia does conversation AI where it's actually your voice or a rep voice. Mm -hmm. They call it a DISA, digital sales assistant. I could see a time where you sit down, you have your physical in-person meeting. And then a phone call needs to be made in four days. And so it could pop up on the sales rep's phone and they're like, dude, sorry, I'm in a meeting and they can't call. So you say, would mm -hmm. you like the DSA to call? Push a button. And then the AI calls, hey, I'm, it's been a while since we touched base. Do you want to go ahead and schedule the time with Chad? Right. And now sure. the Chad bot could schedule that meeting. So I can see a lot of these technologies. The key right now from what I'm seeing is, Focus on the niche, the business problem that you can solve, and then worry about those interactions and integrations, you know, two years from now uh, when the market yeah. gets bigger. I, I, I agree. Right now, it's interesting time for software developers because I, I am in this game since 2013. And oh my God, uh, I'm so um, envy and jealous because people who start right now, they don't know what it means, you know, to build your own servers, your own hosting. Uh, like every year, it's more like playing Lego, you know, you have all the blocks. And last year was just, you know, the, like the, I guess we can't go further because we have everything to build anything. Now, the only thing you need is a very clear problem for a very clear segment with a very clear understanding of your steps. And then you just collect different pieces, combine them together, test them. So it's more uh, it's more about product and knowing your client rather than actual technology nowadays. Wow, that's so well put. I had an idea on the ski lift last year in the ski season, and there was one guy in our group that just kept skiing 100 yards ahead of everyone, and we lost him a couple of times. And I was like, that's no fun, dude. What are you doing? You're trying to show off. So I, I opened up ChatGPT with my cold fingers out of the glove and I said, write the code for a geofence.ai and every time it'll be a connection to a cell phone geocoded so that anytime the person gets 50 yards or further away, it sends a text to their cell phone. And sure enough, brrr, 
it just writes the code. Now, to your point, I would have no idea what to do with that piece of code. And that's where human in the loop is still important in these days. How do you e-commerceize it? What about users? There's still a lot of smart, important steps to the engineer's role and programmer's role. Uh, but it certainly gives us, as creators, uh, a better way to go from idea to implementation in no time at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The only thing we're missing right now, we're missing it more and more, is, I guess, it's focus. It's so hard to maintain your focus with all the distractions, with like TikToks, YouTubes, everything. So it's funny how things are getting easier and easier and at the same time, harder and harder because we can see like the clear idea of the product. We know how to sell it. We know whom to sell it. And then we just feel kind of uh, distracted with uh, our life. So we just can't focus and just finish it. So <laughs> it's funny how, you know, this like kind of uh, directions going in uh, kind of different ways. On one side, things are getting easier, but then you see that, yeah, but it's so hard to focus and finish anything nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well put. What do you think about the future of AI in the sales motion? We've touched on a few of them. Um, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, are should people be concerned about their job? Who's at risk? Like, talk to me about the future of what of how you see it working for salespeople. I think that uh, I I'm personally in the more like positive group. I don't see any big threat. I I think that uh, AI will create more jobs than it uh, will kill jobs because again, uh, it's all about democratization. It's easier to do things. So people who want to do things, they have all necessary tools. So I think that it will be easier to sell, but at the same time, uh, it will just unlock their this profession for like more people. So because mm. right now it's all about the, the whole economy is about building and selling. It will be easier to build, easier to sell, so more people can join the game. That's that's my. Uh, let's call it uh, optimistic view. <laughs> I, I, I think you're on to something because the very first job that I had in sales, I was fired in and a lot of like 11 month mark and people wouldn't know it today because I've written four books on the topic and I stuck with it. How about mm -hmm. all those people that just got frustrated and said, you know what, I'm going to go into fill in the blank product marketing or whatever. And they may have missed the opportunity because they didn't have, if I was powered by AI and I have a little voice in my ear prompting me, Hey, do this at this point in time. And, and it would be easier. Just like there's an app on your ski boots called carve. And it'll tell you like, what pressure are you using? Are you turning correctly? And, uh, or your watch that monitors your pulse and your heart rate. So. I think that's a very, very good optimistic viewpoint. And I think it makes a ton of sense. And I haven't heard it put like that before. So, well, this has been a really amazing conversation. If people are interested in, and well, so let me throw you one more question because can I replace my CRM with hints or do I still need to have a CRM? No, you still need to have one because uh, we don't want to be 
ourselves jack of all trades. We need to focus on our part, uh, which is helping with the logging and tracking within existing solution. So you'll still need one. Love it. Well, I'm helping someone. I've always been a Salesforce shop. I've recently became a a fan of HubSpot. And more recently, I've been uh, implementing GHL for somebody. So I think the GHL playbook is pretty interesting these days. There's a lot of power sitting under the hood, especially when it relates to mobile. And I look at your application and, uh, and its use with mobile. So if I were to niche down, I would probably pick a CRM that's extremely good on mobile, right? <laughs> Salespeople yeah. who are using product A, B, or C, which are the top three mobile players in the space, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Very cool. Well, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks uh, for Ryan of Silicon Slopes in Utah. We'll give him a plug. If you haven't checked out Silicon Slopes, check it out. Uh, Ryan does a lot of good things in the world for a lot of good people, just like George. And uh, I was happy to meet him not too long ago. So George Levin from hints.so.so. Look it up. If if you're having a hard time with field sellers entering their data into the system like this, (laughs) (laughs) you probably have a business problem that can be solved by technology and George's company can help you do it. So George, thanks for being on the show today. And thanks everyone for listening to the AI for Sales podcast. Thank you, Chad. Hey, you made it this far in your AI for sales journey. Want to augment your sales growth? First, leave us a review and then visit www.scalex.ai to claim your free strategy session today.